0: What do Bianca Castafiore and Rihanna have in common? What about the Andes Mountains and the Chateau de Versailles? Here's a hint. They've been around since the dawn of time. They might be quaint or ostentatious. Yes, we're talking about jewels. Discover Voice of Jewels, a podcast from L'Ecole, School of Jewelry Arts, supported by Van Cleef & Arpels.
1: The TV show Succession is in the middle of its final season, and whether you watch it or not, if there's one thing you know about that show, it's that it's full of outrageously unlikable characters. Pretty much everyone is greedy and selfish and mean. There is this one minor character that holds this line very well between deeply unlikable and somehow sort of lovable. His name is Stewie Hosseini, Stewie is the childhood friend of one of the Roy sons, Kendall, and he's a private equity bro with a stake in the company. The way I would describe Stewie is probably scared of absolutely no one and just there to win. Here he is talking to the big boss, Logan Roy.
0: The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you.
1: It's cloudy, it's sunny.
0: Your COO is a fucking joke. Whoa. Bro, that's what people are saying. Who cares if it's true? People say that he's a coked up Dauphin that doesn't know shit from Shinola and that the two of you aren't even talking to each other, which I'm getting a vibe of.
1: Stewie is played by the actor Ariane Moyette. And it's no coincidence that he's a memorable character. Ariane collaborated on the details of Stewie with Succession's creator Jesse Armstrong. Aryan is Iranian, and he insisted that Stewie be Iranian, too.
0: I was just talking to Jesse about this recently. I said, do you remember I walked into your room, and I was like, there are three reasons why I think this guy could be Iranian. Okay. He could have come in the 50s with his family. Here's <laughs> the reasons why he came in the 70s, pre-revolution, and he came in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I gave specific examples of how he could be at this point. And I told him the whole thing, mm-hmm. and he goes, which version do you want? And I said, well, I came in the 80s. So i it's just easier. So I'd rather just do the 80s. <laughs>
1: I'll take the 80s.
0: And he goes, cool. And I said, but I never want to talk about this. Mm. Because I want people to come into the conversation knowing that he's a high, powerful guy mm-hmm. that knows how to do all these things and is also Iranian. Mm-hmm.
1: Arian has been in a lot of great stuff lately. He was Anna Delvey's lawyer in Inventing Anna on Netflix. He's in the Spider-Man movie No Way Home. Right now, he's on Broadway in a production of A Doll's House opposite Jessica Chastain. He's playing Nora's husband, Torvald. What I think Aryan is really talented at is playing a, you know, quote unquote bad guy who's complex, who you kind of can't help but like and root for.
0: No actor should think of their character as bad. Yeah. Because what you're going to get as a product is not truths. hmm You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it you're going to be judging it in a way that is not helpful to tell that story.
1: Today, Ariane joins me in person in the New York studio to talk about how to take a character on a page and make them into a fully formed, living and breathing human. This is FT Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. Ariane, hi, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much. So nice to have you. Um, So you are starring in two big things right now at the same time, uh, Succession and A Doll's House on Broadway. And I'm going to ask you about them. But uh, first, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your roots as an actor. Mm. To start, a very simple question, which is just like at the core of it, why are you an actor?
0: I love that you asked that question. I've been thinking a lot about that actually, as I'm getting older. Of like, what, it, why,
1: why, how did
0: I get into this world? And there was no one in my family that's a actor. We don't know any actors. We were immigrants. We we escaped from Iran, came to the states. My parents didn't speak a lot of English, and I think. Somehow, subconsciously, we all watch these old movies that my parents loved when they were in Iran, which were 20 years dated. So you watch like Hitchcock mm-hmm. and What's Singing in the Rain and Sound of Music. My family loves Sound of Music. And I think what was happening early on is I think I kind of like subconsciously um, used that kind of entertainment and fun and like making my parents laugh Mm -hmm. to kind of like get out of that like muck of being an immigrant in the country, Um, especially in the 80s and with Iran in the news all the time.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You talk um, very freely and comfortably about your childhood and your family story and being born in Iran and your family um, coming to the U.S. and It's in your work, too, in some ways. Not everybody is that open about their Mm. childhood, and not everybody wants to. And I'm curious why that is. What's Mm. important to you about Hmm. telling that story? That's a
0: great question. I mean, I have the... I mean, this sounds so nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But I really do have the privilege of being an immigrant that grew up in this country. I think of that as a a privilege. Mm -hmm. I genuinely feel that it's given me so much perspective. There was so much fear. There was so much embarrassment. There was so much uncomfortable situations and, and just moments of just pain and and trauma, I guess it was, is, is, I know it's a buzzy word, but it, true. Yeah. Um, that it all seems to me that I was given a lot of life early on. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that perspective... Maybe by sharing it, other people can realize that they've all been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, and and I think it's in my work. I really do think it's in my work. Mm-hmm. Whether people see it or not, I I I feel that that work it, it's always like tumbling in
1: there. Arian came to the U.S. from Tehran in 1986. He was a young kid, and he and his family were fleeing the revolution. They landed in Chicago, which was both disorienting and stressful because this was not a great time to be Iranian in America. It was just after the Iran hostage crisis and during the Iran-Iraq war. In
0: the 80s, I remember going to a party where someone was— I overheard someone saying, well, it's better that you say that you're Iraqi than from Iran. <laughs>
1: wow. Ariane's parents didn't speak English, but they moved to a wealthy neighborhood for the school system into an apartment complex full of other low-income immigrant families doing the same thing. The schools were great, and he studied theater. And after college, he co-founded a nonprofit called Waterwell, kind of in the image of the place he grew up. It teaches theater to students in New York, and it puts productions on alongside different small communities, so like an immigrant community or veterans or labor organizers. And then it helps to tell a very specific story within that community. So he was getting some work, he was running water well. his career was moving, but hadn't totally taken off. And
0: along that journey, I was getting acting jobs, and then Succession happened. Right.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's so fast forward to now, yeah. and I have the feeling that all of these sort of threads will come up. Sure. You're starring in Succession right now. You play Stewie, um, everyone's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a doll's house on Broadway. You play Torvald, mm-hmm. Nora's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's least favorite. Everyone's least favorite. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Okay, here is Cliff's Notes on A Doll's House. A Doll's House is an extremely famous piece of theater about a woman who questions and rejects her role as wife and mother. The catch is that it was written by a man, Henrik Ibsen, in Norway in the 1800s. Ibsen didn't think he was writing a feminist play, but it was revolutionary. And it's been used to fuel women's rights movements for over a hundred years. You know, I'd love to talk about these roles because to me, the characters have a few things in common. Mm. Um, What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they're all coming from me. So that, you know, we have that in common. Um, I think there are some things in common. I mean, misogyny is a (laughs) serious thing. So I think that's a common thread. Um, uh, I think. You know, it's it's interesting. There is um, there's duality to these people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: both Torvald and Stewie. Yeah, you can see why Stewie is a shark, and but he's a shark that tells you he's a shark, right? And he's telling you that I'm not playing anything else other than a shark, mm-hmm. but. There's something something very freeing about that. Yeah. So so that's one thing. And so yeah. with and with Torvald the same. Like, Torvald is usually played with like a mustache twirling, you know, male chauvinistic, you know, go into the room and don't. And when Jamie Lloyd, get, you know, offered me this part to be real with you, um, we kind of talked about how we don't want that. Right. I should ask you, what do you what do you think the correlati- correlations are?
1: Well, I mean, similar. I mean. I find both of them, like, in some ways exceptionally unlikable. Yeah. (laughs) On the page, exceptionally unlikable. Yeah. And I guess this has to do with the way that you act them, but that, like, I still want to like them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is complicated. Yeah. As Ariane said, this version of A Doll's House is directed by the British director Jamie Lloyd. He's known for taking classics and flipping them on their head. And it was adapted and made a little bit more modern by the playwright Amy Herzog.
0: It was written as this, you know, known to be a very powerful feminist piece in which Nora, who's married to a very controlling Torvald, finally breaks the chains and says, why am I not only in this relationship, but why am I why am I on these rules that society has made? Right. And very controversial at the time. Mm -hmm. and I always say now, uh, sadly, always relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a play that was done in the 60s and it's like, it's so relevant for today. Right. And it's done in the 90s, it's so relevant for today. Right. And today, obviously, it's, you know, um, sadly, it's relevant today as well. Mm-hmm. And so. Nora is trying to like navigate how to 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 keep on to this like lie that she's been holding on to that's gonna maybe potentially devastate the family. Yeah. Um and that's been done over and over and over again. And then Amy Herzog did this adaptation of it, right. which takes all of the meat of that beautiful original play and just keeps the emotional core and plot points intact. Mm-hmm. And, and though it's set in 1879, as you comment, it says 1879, we remove the artifice of it's all the way back there and try to present it to you as a, this is what it looks like
1: mm-hmm. today. When Arian got this part, he wanted to update his character too. He wanted to create a more modern, more subtly misogynistic Torvald.
0: And I want to make sure that we do a male Torvald that is that goes into the micro cuts mm-hmm. that men do on women every single day. Yeah, That's what I really was very. Fa- first of all, the evidence was there because the script was there. Yeah. But I can also imagine in future productions of Amy's amazing tri- um, ad- adaptation mm-hmm. is that people can play those with a heavy hammer. yeah, but but if you play them with a light, you light little touch, and uh, uh, and think about a thousand paper cuts. You also then get to see men see the show, and say, "Oh, I recognize a little bit of those cuts." Like and that I happens. might
1: do some of that. I hear that all the time. Actually, yeah, interesting.
0: Where if you see a Torvald that like hits her or drags her by the hair, it's very easy for those same men to be like, "Well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I I can't relate to that." Yeah. So. The duality of both of those characters is something that I'm interested in. I don't believe in good or evil. Yeah. I mean, I believe that I believe that there are very few people on earth that are pure evil. Um, and those are in like history books. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't and so I want to make sure and so and also he loves her. He cherishes her. Right. Puts her on a pedestal.
1: Yeah. I see Torvald as sort of this, like, unknowing oppressor, (laughs) kind of. He's like... Yeah, of course, of course. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's always kind of been, like, toxic masculinity incarnate. But he's, like, more... In a a more nuanced way in this play. And, um, like, he... Tells his wife not to eat sugar to keep his sweet baby. Yeah. Bird you know, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um he says things like, Okay, you little lunatic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you little lunatic. Yeah. Right. I mean, but he and Nora are also in a dynamic, right? It's kind of it's complicated by the fact that she plays along. It seems to kind of turn them both on until suddenly it doesn't. Yeah. You know. So yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious from you, like how do you how did you go about making someone like Torvald human? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Someone asked me, I was, I was, at the end of the show, there's, an, uh, there's like a bunch of, usually students, that are like want autographs from Jessica and the cast. And all. Yeah. And someone asked me, she said, um, how can you play someone that I hate so much as an actor? Mm-hmm. How can you like him? And I say I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I know, and 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 again, I know what I'm reading. I'm not an idiot. I know what's happening here. But if I start thinking, there's a moment where he like talks about like how to one actor to one um, to Christine uh, says something like, "I'm um, hey, are you a knitter? You shouldn't knit. You should do embroidery. It's so much better." <laughs> right. And it's obviously mansplaining. Right. It's like very clearly mansplaining. Yeah. But if I'm gonna play mansplaining, mm-hmm. I'm playing. I'm judging my own character. Mm -hmm. I'm playing it like with a twisty of my mustache (laughs) and it takes away the audience's experience of knowing who that is because I I want, it's almost I'm saying to the audience, I don't want you to really think that I'm this guy, da 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 da, because I'm good, you know. Right. So how do you do this? Yeah. Well, what is mansplaining? Somehow men cluelessly, as you just (laughs) brilliantly said, think that they're helping. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> they do. Yeah. Right, that's what they think. That's totally. what. Totally. So in this moment, I'm not thinking about mansplaining. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you. <laughs> right. And yeah. so, and and if you cobble those pieces together, mm-hmm. um and really realize that you can love someone, and also be a toxic masculine person to that someone at the same time, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I can just go with and not think about the grand old like, oh, he's hated. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then if the truth is done correctly as artists, hopefully, yeah. and this goes with succession as well, you're then going to get a lot of people coming and telling you two different things. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of women as well that come up to me and say, I get it. He loves her. He wants to do good. Right. He just doesn't Freaking get it! He's just an idiot, mm-hmm. and he wants to fit in the society's norms. Mm-hmm. And then I have the person next to her being like, he's a complete a hole, <laughs> and I think he is. Well, I want to crush him with. The th- so that's yeah. because you're bringing your DNA yeah. to our truths, mm-hmm. and those that mix is kind of what your result is. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're playing Torvald in a house while there's a woman led revolution mm-hmm. happening in Iran. Um, I imagine you see Iran in this story. No, only, yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, I was in
0: Budapest shooting a movie. I got offered this job. I flew out to Berlin. I was reading the script. I had no idea. Of, I didn't read Doll's House in high school or college. I never saw Doll's House. I have no relationship with it. When I moved to the city, I was only getting cast as Middle Easterner. So I even put Doll's House and Ibsen in another corner. I'm like, I'm never going to be in that. Right. Um, But I'm reading this as I'm going from Budapest to Berlin to go to the very famous um, uh, protest that happened in October and I'm as I'm about to and 150,000 Iranians came to pro, as I'm reading this all I'm reading is Iran mm. I'm not even seeing anything oddly you know my entire Iranian family of immigrants that we talk about came 36 of them all in total
1: came and, to the protest
0: came to the doll's house oh, came to a doll's, doll's, doll's house um, and all they saw was Iran. Mm. They're just like, either I represent the Iranian male that's been putting the Iranian woman down in underneath their thumb for generations. Mm-hmm. Or I represent the Islamic regime that doesn't want women to go, you know, and and, and, and have any freedoms or just be regular people. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, Nora wins. Yeah. You know, she, le- she has a tough road ahead of her. Yeah. It cannot be easy. There's going to be a lot of mistakes along the way, but she wins and so Iranians are seeing a different thing I think Mm -hmm. like when can we walk out the door uh when can when when can Iranian women I'm saying can they walk out the door when can we as a as an Iranian people get our nation back and our culture back from these you know brutal dictators uh, murderers really
1: yeah I like the way that Aryan talks seamlessly about being Iranian American and the work he chooses and how he plays his characters because it's clear he's aware of how all the parts of himself inform those characters. And he also seems to be aware of the other side, us as audience members, and how all the parts of ourselves inform the way we watch. Um, you also decided to make Stewie Iranian. Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Because he rarely draws attention to being Iranian. Yeah.
0: I mean, the the head of Uber, the CEO of Uber is an Iranian man mm-hmm. with a very Iranian name. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one's kind of like saying anything about that. No one even knows, yeah. really. No one knows. And so I, I think it's important that people start seeing Iranians not as just some sort of lightning bolt cultural thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you know what I mean? Because people have so many connotations about the word Iran yeah. that's messy. So you have to like, Introduce us in a way that's powerful, strong, and he doesn't have to be a good guy or a bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's the can I also go with the opposite version?
1: Yeah. No
0: Iranian wants to play some sort of saint that's like, no, we want to play like <laughs> real people, Complex. real human beings. People. You know, in a doll's house, we have this unbelievable actor by the name of Michael Patrick Thornton.
1: He's been on the show. Oh, he has. Yeah, yeah. He's wonderful. You know.
0: I talked to him. He's um, he's in a wheelchair. And Mike is like, I don't want to be going into these stories anymore as like, what does he call a wheelchair Yoda? Mm-hmm. He just wants to have a sex life. Yeah. He wants to have make breakfast in the morning, right. go to work, you know. And so a lot of that is by just showing us that we can be powerful positions. We can be regular positions. We can be in desperate positions, but not because of that.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? It's not that your entire identity is not based no, around the thing. It's a part of your identity it's a part of the identity? it is in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I guess I wonder if you've been asked to play kind of like a typecast immigrant bad guy kind of a thing and mm-hmm. how that might compare to playing someone like Torvald or Stewie or someone who might be considered sort of a more complicated uh, bad guy
0: (laughs) well i mean to be real with you i got i was you know one of the Waterwell shows that we did in 2005 was called the persians and um and then i got signed by a big agency right after that Mm -hmm. i was 25 years old okay and early on in those conversations i told them that i didn't want to play terrorists or victims right this is in 2005 and you know what happened I didn't work. (laughs) And the reason I didn't work is because that's all that was being written. Mm. There was nothing else. There was no other way of. So and then, you know, shows come along, big popular hit television shows, you know, that I won't mention. But (laughs) they come and and they're like the cultural zeitgeist in which basically the bad guy is some sort of Middle Easterner. Right. Vague Middle Easterner. Mm -hmm. And I would say no to these things that I get offered these things, mm-hmm. and then, you know cynically or rudely along the way, when I say no or I pass on it, they'd offer me more money <laughs> to be like, "Oh, this is what he really wants. They think it's some sort of like and you'd say it again and 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 so that was the only thing that was available. Mm. Has it changed completely? Absolutely not. There are still moments in which I am literally battling and saying, there was a project that happened a couple of years ago where they saw me as in succession
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they knew I was Iranian and they, they, you know, they wrote this like villainous Iranian bad guy, you know, mafia something or whatever. Right. Know. And okay, fine. So I'm reading it and trying to figure out what it is. And in the middle of this thing, I yell at my mom and I say, give me tea in Farsi and I said nope right this would never happen right I mean it just literally would never so you have to say that Mm -hmm. and you're also navigating some really tricky waters here Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean where you're this is you know most a lot of the stuff is you know pre George Floyd where like we have a movement right now where people can at least try to talk about it try you know but pre the, you're also wanting a job, and you don't want to be ostracized or blacklisted. Because t- So you walk into these things, and you're so how you navigating. Like, well,
1: you know, just an FYI,
0: this section right here is very not Iranian. And to be honest, it's so falsely Iranian that it would take us out.
1: Before Arian left, I wanted to find out what was next for him, including with his nonprofit, Waterwell. Arian, my last question is just, what are you doing next? What are you working on next? What are you thinking about next? What's, um, what's exciting you?
0: A bunch of fun things. Mm-hmm. One is I'm excited, very excited, to um, have everyone see Nicole Hollis Center's new movie this summer mm-hmm. called You Hurt My Feelings, starring the incredible Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is going to be out in theaters on uh, May 26th. It is a, a good old-fashioned, beautiful, heartwarming comedy.
1: Mm-hmm. It looks great. It's cool. It's <laughs> yeah, really
0: it fun cool. and sweet and, and 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 actually really kind of powerful um with waterwell we have so much going on L- last year um we took one of our old plays called the courtroom, which was a reenactment of one woman's deportation case that Waterwell performed inside of courtrooms all around New York City, including the Second Circuit Court of Appeal. During the pandemic, we made it into a movie that premiered at Tribeca. And now we're working alongside um, American Immigration Council um, to kind of present this movie to a bunch of cities all across the country um, and cities that don't get an access point to something like um, the courtroom. So we're working on that. Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of things that I'm writing myself. Um, I just finished um, a new script that I'm really excited about but yes. I have a, I have a four or five different projects right now that are in different levels of development that I'm leading on and all of which um, are just very cool and Iranian mm. and new and fun cool
1: um, Arian I loved this conversation thank you thank you so much I loved it too that's the show this week Thank you for listening to FT Weekend, the life and arts podcast of the Financial Times. If you're in the U.S., the second annual U.S. FT Weekend Festival is coming up. It's on Saturday, May 20th in Washington, D.C. We have Salman Rushdie, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tanahasi Coates, Alice Waters, Patti Yenich, Daniel Baloud, tons of people. There is a special discount link in the show notes alongside a deal on an FT subscription. You can use the link in the show notes or go to FT.com weekendpodcast weekend podcast. We absolutely love hearing from you. You can email us at ftweekendpodcast at ft.com. The show is on Twitter at ftweekendpod, and I am on Instagram and Twitter at Lila Rapp. I love talking to you there. I post a lot of cultural recommendations and questions for you on my Instagram. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here is my incredible team Katya Kumkova is our senior producer, Lulu Smith is our producer, Molly Nugent is our contributing producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer and our global head of audio is Cheryl Brumley. Have a really wonderful weekend and we'll find each other again next week.